The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello and welcome to Inspire Us. Everybody has a story. How many times have you heard me say that? Everybody has a story. And I met someone recently whose story just struck me and reminded me that behind everyone's eyes, there's always much more going on and much more that has gone on. My next guest, Katajatu Grace Ahin, has such a story one that will make you really appreciate the things that you have and make you reflect on how some people's journeys are just that much more difficult than our own. So we should never judge an individual without having walked a mile in their shoes and experiencing what they've experienced. And without any further delay, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Katijatu. Hello, Katajatu, and welcome to Inspire Us. I've got to say, before I turn it over to you, folks, I was on an app last night, Clubhouse, which I so enjoy. And for those of you who know Clubhouse, you know how addictive it could be, but you know how many wonderful stories can be shared and information can be picked up. And when I heard you speak yesterday, oh my God, I just really tugged at my heart what you had to say about uh, mindset and about affirmations and even your story. So I am so happy to have you. Welcome to Inspire Us, as I said. Thank you for having me. I am honored to be here. I am blessed and privileged to be given an opportunity to share my story because that's that has been my journey and it is my purpose to use my story to inspire somebody. Thank you. And yes, it is about vulnerability and sharing. And you have done that last night. You reached so many people. And so why don't you tell us your story? How can we create the right mindset after experiencing adversity, setbacks, struggles? So please tell us your story. So my name is Karijatu Grace Aheni. I am originally from the western part of Sierra, West Africa, Sierra Leone, a small country um, in the western part of Africa that was founded in the year 1961. My country was blessed by God with all the resources man could ever require, the diamonds, the golds, the, the bauxites, the rutiles, and all that jazz. But then because in life, as we know, knowledge is power. When you do not know, then the knowledge that you don't have will hinder you or either make you. My country suffered um, war. And so they, it got to a point where they were abducting girls, raping girls, recruiting them to go become rebels in the, in, in the days of war. And being an only child to my mother, I come from a very large family, all women, and don't know my father, never met him. I fought for my voice to be heard. Back in the days in Africa, when a child is growing up, 
nobody really listens to you or pays attention to you when you do stuff or you require stuff they think you're craving attention um and so we didn't have the privilege of training our children or learning how to listen to our children and so i suffered a lot from that because first i had lost i had the trauma of not having my father in my life and i was wondering why what went wrong all the people in my school had their fathers and mothers but then i didn't it was just me my mother and her sisters where she sewed clothes and put them on her head in a bag called Ghana must go to go sell to make sure that i had the best of education in private schools but there we were we suffered we strained and so when that time came i was about age 13 plus my mom says no the rebels are getting into town and this is not good i saw with my own eyes one of the most famous rebels got shot right in front of me and was buried right in front of me my mom worked for the um, armed forces wife vocational institute where she trained young girls youth to make garatai dyeing soap making because she believed in developmental skills training and so i watched her i never wanted to dabble into that i watched her teach other young girls i never wanted to touch it i wanted to be like the mariah carens and the, the the michael jacksons and so i i never wanted to have anything to do with that but then as i watched i'm a visionary person as i watched it it stuck in my head and so she made a decision a big decision to say you know what i need you to go you can be here my mom's twin sister stays in the america and so she filed for me to come to the america but then i had to travel to a, a different country to go seek asylum before my paperwork were matured for me to travel to the states and so my mom sold what she had and entrusted me in somebody's hands and as the boat moved and it was dark every person was excited we're sitting in a boat we're in the middle of the sea going to another country where we don't know people strangers and this man felt it was okay for him to take advantage of me and he did mm-hmm. i can still see it <laughs> like it happened yesterday i can still smell the smell i can still inhale that air of confusion but why what did i do mm. it hurt so bad but my mouth was held i could not scream i was restrained i couldn't move and he threatened me if you say this to anybody i will throw you over this boat you will never see your mother again and i will make sure that your mother is never alive for you to see so right there i got out of the victim mode and got into the survival mode because she was really all i had I could not afford to lose my mother because I I don't know my father in the first place. I don't have a relationship with him. She was my mother and my father and I was her only pride. Mm. I was supposed to liberate her from her sufferings. I was supposed to take her from the stress, the pressure of a single mother. And so if I have to shut my mouth to survive and for her to survive, I'll do it. And so I vowed to myself to shut that door. and never open it again today i'm able to speak about it because it's okay it was a jo- door that i shut for 18 years mm. 
even if I had told anybody, nobody would have listened. Nobody would have believed me because the first questions they ask as Africans, what were you doing there? Mm. I'm sure you wanted it as well. What were you wearing? When a girl child goes through rape, those are not the questions you ask. What were you doing there? What were you wearing? Right. I was a investigator, detective, working in the sexual assault and child abuse unit. So hearing your story, I understand what you're saying. It is so true. There is this mindset that some people have, and even victims from time to time will blame themselves for having been there or blame themselves for what they were wearing or for having been at a party when what happened to them was not their fault. And I, I, I'm so moved by your story and your survival. How was it that you were able to, to survive? What did you tell yourself? How did you, how did you live with that? And how, you were alone. I, I, I was, I, you were I young and alone. I was pinching myself. I wanted to scream. I couldn't scream because then they would ask, why are you screaming? I wanted to cry. I won't, I couldn't cry because even if I cried, there was nobody to console me. Mm-hmm. I had family there, but then it was one of those things where at this point I trusted no one. Right. And so we got to this neighboring country. Later, my mom, later, when I wrote my first Broken Chains, when she read it, she said, why didn't you tell me? And I said to her, there was no need for me to tell you because that was the price that I had to pay. She did get missing during the war. We weren't sure where she was because later she was supposed to travel with me, but unfortunately she couldn't. And so she had gotten missing. We couldn't find her, don't know where she was. And so there I came to the States. I came to the States. It was jumping. It was like jumping from frying pan into fire. My aunt, lovely woman, but then she had to work. She was very busy. And so she as a nurse could not even understand that something was wrong with this child. I did what I had to do. And when I got to high school, the discrimination was just something else. Until one day I went to school. For me, it was a big cultural shock. In Africa, when the bell rings, everybody's running to class because you don't want to get late. But here I was in a country where it was okay for young children, teenagers standing in front of a classroom with the teacher looking at them, kissing, smuggling into each other's face. And I said, excuse me, they won't listen. Excuse me, they won't listen. And I could remember this girl, Spanish girl, beautiful girl, turns to me and say, get your African mother in front of me. Oh, Mm. that took me somewhere else. So the word mother. I became very overprotective over that word. When she said mother effing, I'm like, for me, it was a big deal. Why? What did my mother do for you to insult her? Yes. And so I got into the rage of all my hurt in my life for the first time I fought. Mm. I beat this girl. I was crying. I was pulling her hair. I was giving her dirt to eat. Of course, nobody could separate us because the little kids, we like that. Fight, fight, fight. And then the teacher comes, I pushed her away. And then it became a fight for the whole school Mm. because they were calling me names. You stink. You sleep in trees. You're an African this. You're an African that. Do you even know what it feels like to ride in a car? It was just too much. Mm. And so when the principals finally came and separated us and they called my aunt, my aunt says, why do you think 
I brought her to America. That child is traumatized. She's been through war. And that was when they checked Sierra Leone. They saw that at the time there was serious war going on. That was what saved me. Mm. And still nobody knew what I was going through. I tried to thrive my way through by singing, by writing poems. I learned different uh, mechanisms, uh, skills, making things, doing things just to take my mind off of the pressure of so much hate. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point where I wanted to feel good about myself. So when boys told me I was beautiful, for me, it was a fulfillment. It was okay. There, I was able to give them myself because for me, it was some sort of me allowing them to have their way with me. It was a compensation for them making me feel good by them telling me I was beautiful. Until I got to a point where I've had enough of it. I'd had enough of nose. I became clinically depressed. I was put on Prozac. Prozac is a high-end antidepressant drug. When you take it for a period of time, you start hallucinating, hearing, and seeing things. And people started calling me crazy. I will pass out. They take me to the ER. They tell me, at your age, why, why, why are you going through this? And I felt like if I don't allow so many people, maybe if I get married to somebody, one person, maybe that will bring fulfillment. And so whoever I got with, I saw them as a father figure. I saw them as a friend. I trusted them, but oh, oh, oh no, we were as lost as could be. He was one lost soul as I was. Mm. His upbringing was not as good. And so he has well used that to turn me punching back. Oh. What was physical, mental abuse? It was my everyday breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <sighs> I felt like I was the problem. I felt I wasn't good enough for him. Even though I knew there was a spark of light when I spoke, people listened. I had this thing in me when I was put in front of the light, the camera, the mic, I was home. But when I got off that stage, I went back into my shell. Mm -hmm. And so he felt like, okay, if she starts doing music and she becomes somebody, she's not going to remember me. So the only way I can hold her down is by beating her. Oh, no. Then I became a mother. As I became a mother, I was kicked out of the house. My friend was brought in and I became homeless with my child. I was at the hospital when they brought this child to me. She was 10 pounds, four ounces. (sighs) Didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. God, if this is life, why don't you take my life already? Mm. You had been through so much already. No father. I had in. I have had enough. I was just, here I am. I had so much to give, but it was never reciprocal. Right. It's like, I didn't understand myself. I blamed myself. And I got into the library of self-pity. Now, self-pity by itself is demonic. Self-pity, I don't care what anybody says. It's Self-pity has become, it's an entity when you allow it because then it takes control over you, your life, your purpose, your destiny. Mm-hmm. And then I slipped into self-pity telling myself, oh, poor me. Oh, I can't this, I can't that. It was my national anthem. I can't, but wasn't good enough. But when my daughter came, Lois, she changed all of that. Promised her that you will never go through what I went through. I'll make sure I leave a better life for you. 
because the beauty of life is even though you think you're not good enough, but God, Mother Nature gives you the opportunity to be a caretaker, to be responsible, accountable for somebody else's life. Through that, you're able to learn and grow if you pay attention. And so for me, she was that light of hope. And so as we were discharged from the hospital, I started teaching, self-teaching myself, reading books, going to the library, reading books that helped me. I read a lot of Maya Angelou's poems. I followed Les Brown a lot. And I was able to learn that all these things that happened were never my fault. Right. All these things were happened. I was like a tree planted by a stream of water, ready to bring forth fruit of beauty, love, power. But then I didn't know how to even help my own seed germinate. Why? Because I didn't have anybody that could help me germinate it. One thing I could tell people in life that I learned from, your parents have the responsibility from your birth till you are at the age where you can make this responsible decisions for yourself. After that, their job is done. You cannot use the word, oh, my mother wasn't there for me. My father wasn't there for me. So I'm going to live a reckless life. I'm going to allow what has happened to decloud me and mess me up for the rest of my life. The most richest place in, on this earth is the graveyard, the cemetery. That is the richest place in the world. Because there, if God opens your mind, your eyes to see the untapped talent, gems that had died as victims just because they gave up too early, mm. you will be grateful that you're able to stand up today You'll be grateful that today you are alive because you made that one decision. I don't care what the situation is. I'm not in your shoes. I don't know where your shoes is pinching you. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a song. Everybody's is just a little bit different. Right. Not judge me because you see me standing on the street. You have no idea what triggered my behavior. Mm -hmm. Not judge me because I went and stole something from your shop. Not because I wanted to steal. There's a possibility I don't have it. I'm hungry. Right. There's a possibility I had to take care of somebody else that needed it. There's a possibility I'm using that for attention. So in our journeys in life, we come across people to learn from them, to grow from them. There are two types of people in this world. There are button pushers and there are pace setters. The button pusher is somebody that comes in your life that is so annoying. You cannot stand them. Everything about them that comes out of your, their mouth towards you is negative. Right. Those are the people that pushes you to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I am sick and tired of this. I am going to the next level. And you have the roots in your life. See, God's creation is never an accident. Just like how he created trees. So he created human beings. You have the roots in your life, you have the stems, you have the branches, and then you have the leaves. The leaves are the ones that people that fall off along the way when there's little rainfall, little wind here and there. The branches are people that will be there. But then when the biggest storm comes, they are broken by lightning and all that. And then you have the roots that are there for you through thick and thin. I had to learn the hard way to identify who these people are in my life the roots, the branches, and the leaves. Mm -hmm. When I first met my daughter, it's like I was awakened from a sleep. Right there, I went on my knees 
apologizing to me for blaming me. And I met me. I accepted me. I gave myself permission to never again look back and say, oh, I regret. Why? Because it's never written on your face. If I don't tell you my story, you will never know. Right. Your story is not written in your face. You've made so many profound comments, and it's so true. We do not know what people are going through. And so many people are quick to judge someone for, as you said, maybe they were stealing so that they could feed themselves, whatever. But people are so quick to judge others or to dismiss others without knowing what they went through. When you spoke of that moment where you realized that the difficult things in your life were not your fault. It reminded me of the movie Goodwill Hunting uh, with Robin Williams and Matt Damon, where so much had happened to Matt Damon's character that he was angry with the world until his therapist, Robin Williams, reminded him and repeatedly said, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And it's not your fault. We need to recognize in our lives that when bad things do happen, it's not always our fault. And to burden ourselves with the belief that what happened to us has to define our future is something that so many people hold on to. It's like, this happened to me, so I must be this way. And they don't know how to climb out of their their situation, but you did, and you did by immersing yourself into some great content, Maya Ajuli and Les Brown. And, you know, you had a daughter now, you were homeless with a daughter and you had to climb out. And what did you start filling your head with? You, what were the things that you were telling yourself? What was it that changed all that mindset? So for me, what changed my mindset was because I was hungry for a different feeling of myself. I was thirsty for a different version of myself. And so I went seeking for it. The first thing I did was surrendering all that hurt and that pain. I surrendered myself like, okay, God, I give up. I am letting go and I'm letting God to actually take over me. And when I did that, I learned that every day you wake up for me, I speak life in everything. I am cooking. I am speaking life. I am braiding my daughter's life. I am her hair. I am speaking life into her. So I started writing words that resonate with me, which is my actually my screensaver, words that I had written about me, you know. So, oh, yes. Yeah. I see a little bit. Yeah. So it says, I am creating this life of my dream. I am wellness. I am magical. I am loved. I am worthy. I am healthy. I am amazing. I am successful. I am unstoppable. When you say these things, your subconscious, the often you say it, the regularly you say it, your subconscious automatically keys in without you even knowing it. The more you say, you say it for three times a day, seven days a week, 14 days, 21 days, 30 days, it gets to a point where it's a part of you now. So your subconscious triggers, it's time. I wake up in the morning, I hold a glass of water. I speak life into, into that water. I, Khadija, I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am strong. I can speak greatness into everything that I wanted. 
I manifested what I want and where I am at now without having a dime. Why? Because I believe in me. Mm. You're sitting on that chair, Mr. Paul, because you have faith that that chair could carry you. Yes. Yes. We sit in a plane to fly because we had faith that that plane would take us from our point of pickup to our point of destination. So apply that into your own life, whether you are in school, whether you're in a relationship where the funny thing about it is as human beings, we don't pay attention to what needs attention to be paid to. We are so busy. We're just too, too, too busy. And we don't focus on our individual self. Life speaks to us. I got to a point where I always wanted attention because I didn't get it from my father. Mm -hmm. And as I grew, I learned that no, 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 no. Attention is not the way to go because then I have attracted the wrong attentions my way and it didn't do me no good. When even the Bible tells us, it's not always about religion, religion. When you take these words and implement it, when the Bible tells us that, oh, God says, be still and know that I am God. As human beings, sometimes to sit down, relax, be still, allow yourself, allow your body, get in control. When you allow your mind to be all over the place, then you're missing the point of where you need to be at a particular time. Most of the time, we want to jump on everybody, somebody else's train. No, everybody is on their own train. You are Paul, I am Khadija. We're two different people. Your train is different. You are at a level that you are now because that's where you need to be at this point in time. If the universe, whoever created us, wanted me to be like you, he would have made me look like you, have your name and be doing what you're doing and be at the exact same point as you. We want to belong. It's fine to belong. It's okay to belong. But what's the value that you're taking from that belongingness? What, what are you taking from it? I want to be a part of. I want to be like. I don't know what you saw in me, Mr. Paul, when I was spoken speaking over there, that you wanted me to come on here and speak. But then I believe that it was ordained. It's the right time, mm -hmm. the right hour. Mm -hmm. And so even when we find ourselves in the, in the clubhouse thing, a lot of people want to be rushing and speaking and people doing these funny things. If it's never time for you in any aspect of your life, it's never time. Right. We are diamonds in the making. Our journeys are us going through refinement for us to be like the gems that people can be beating over millions and thousands of dollars. Like the ring you have in your finger mm -hmm. had to go through some sort of refinement for it to be the way it is for you to desire it. Right. So that's how we human beings are. And through what I went through so I can use my story to speak to the broken, to speak to those that think it's never going to happen. For them, for those that think, oh, nobody likes me. Nobody don't want me. Nobody don't miss me. It's not that nobody don't want you. It's just that to whom much is given, much is required. And so God, Mother Universe, whoever, whatever it is that we believe in, through life's tests, when you pass, you get to another level. I'll tell you what happened. 2018, when I had the privilege to meet the first lady of my country, the president of my country, as well as Idris Elba, I had no business being where they were. <laughs> Absolutely no business being. These were dignitaries. Who am I? I had nothing. But then I was destined to be there. Mm -hmm. And guess what? 
it was the right time for me to sit one-on-one -on -one and have a conversation with the president of my country, the first lady of my country. Why? Because I served my time. Right. I served my time. My journey was my time that I served. Just like people go to the prison and they serve their time. That was my time. That's right. And so for the little, for the little cries that I have had, that was a little compensation that I had to tell me that I am greater than I think. It's not about I'm in the midst of these great guys, but to tell me and promise me that there's hope at the end of my journey, that I could be just like them. Mm -hmm. It was to tell me that you are here not by accident, but for you to take a lesson and implement that lesson into your life. Right. Right. I love what you just said. And there's so much, there's so much richness in what you just said. You're right. There are times in our lives where unexpected things happen, but they were meant to happen. It wasn't just mm -hmm. by accident. It was by design. It was by whatever energy you poured into the world at that particular time, you attracted something to you. And I, I believe in the law of attraction. I also believe that we all have to remind ourselves that we are worthy of all this greatness because oh, yeah. we are individuals who we have a place in this world. As you said, it, we're not here by accident. We were created and we were given every opportunity to be great. And that's what we have to do. We have to remind ourselves of our greatness, of our value, of the fact that we are here for a purpose and, you know, to be that strong individual that we were all given the right to be. So I love what you just said. I thank you. And you should know that the gift that we have in life that we don't use really often is gratitude. Yes. Is gratitude. Mm -hmm. We ought to be thankful. I have a roof over my head. I have, have a car to ride. I have banana to eat. The richest thing, the, the most expensive bed in life is a sick bed. And your mindset is the number one antidote for you to get on a sick bed. When your mindset is not right, your whole body's sick. Right. If you wake up in the morning, like for me, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is, oh, I am thankful that I'm able to see this day. It's a beautiful day. I am going out there to kill it. Father, I thank you because I had made such amount of money. I sold this amount of shoes. I say it as if it has already happened. And I thank God, the universe, for it before he even gives it to me. Mm. So what I have done, I have sown a seed that I thank you for this that you've done for me. And I am waiting to receive. I am open and receptive to receive that blessing. I love that. The second thing is just because you have so much money in your bank account doesn't mean you're happy. Happiness is a peace of mind. Yes. I rather have a peace of mind, have my children running around, than have so much money in the bank account and I am depressed. Another thing we have to learn in life is it's not always give me, give me, give me. When you put your hand like this, give me, give me, give me, of course you will get. But then you get to a point where you cannot receive anymore because you have not given. Right. Believe in the art of giving. As a matter of fact, give more than you receive. 
automatically it attracts blessings your way without you even knowing it. It just comes. Why? Because unconsciously you're giving somebody. They're like, hey, I just want to bless you with my words. You're looking beautiful. You smell good. I just want you to know that I've, I see what you're doing. You're doing good. Let's keep doing it. Oh, hey, I'm going to the market. Would you like for me to pick something up for you? Or sometimes just surprise somebody. I do that all the time. Hmm. It is so important to remind ourselves just how many riches we do have in this world. Gratitude is something that we must practice every day. And I've also spoken about there are the things that we are grateful for, the big things that we're grateful for, family, a roof, food to eat. But we must take moments like, I am so grateful in this last hour uh, speaking with you because you are the most important person in my life right now. This moment is the most uh, rich moment in my life because I'm grateful for you and for hearing your story and for connecting with you and, and just having you share your experience with me that I am so grateful for. And your wisdom and your journey has brought you to a place where you're sharing your story and making such a difference in people's lives. And I remember hearing you last night and so many people just needed to hear what you had to say. And you said it so eloquently as you have today these nuggets of gold that you've given us, this diamonds that you're giving us, it, I'm just so grateful for it. How can people who are struggling right now, Khadija, how can they change their negative mindset into a positive mindset as you had? I know I know you that you shared a lot of that, but what would you tell somebody struggling right at this moment? Thank you for that opportunity, um, Mr. Paul. I really do appreciate it. For those of you that are watching or whoever will watch this later, or maybe five, 10 years from now, I want to let you know something. You're not an accident. It is and it was never your fault. I need you to take a deep breath. Allow yourself. Meet yourself. Appreciate yourself. Love on yourself. It's not easy. It's difficult. I know you'll be saying, but Khadija, it's easy for you because, yeah, but it's not easy for me. Let me tell you something. What you believe is what is made manifested to you. So the first thing is I need you to believe in yourself. Carry yourself to the highest esteem instead of being liked. You're valid. You're important. You're not an accident. As a matter of fact, God created in his image and likeness. And so you're a mini God. Whatever you speak is what come to light. If you believe, take a glass of water every day, stand in front of the mirror as you came in this life, whatever you choose to do and tell yourself, I, John, I am handsome. I accept my flaws and I am moving on from my flaws. I have become greater than I think. I, Mary, I am beautiful. I am powerful in my own world, in my own circle, in my own birth. Do not give anybody the control of controlling your life. Don't give anybody the power, the remote control to, to be controlling your life. Only you can break yourself. So I say, my brother, my sister, break free from that bondage. Unbreak yourself. And start to be the IT that you are, the architect that you have. Draw, write your vision and make it possible. Yes, and, and it is so much about believing in yourself 
and believing in your purpose and your greatness and how you can transform yourself from wherever you are right now. You can transform yourself and have a, a wonderful transition into the human being that you want to be. And it takes work, as you said. It's not always easy to do that, but you are a living testament right now. You are such a blessing and your words are such a blessing. And uh, I know that there's an internet connection here that kind of breaking up a little bit, but everything that you have said is just so valuable and rich. And I thank you for sharing your experience, your story, your wisdom and your power, because when you speak, people listen and you have been given a gift and you have shared that gift with our listeners here today. And I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for having taken your time and it was a real blessing to have met you last night and to have you on my show <laughs> the very next day. Um, I know that this is I think. this is the beginning of a, a very beautiful uh, f- uh, friendship. And you have yes, written, how many uh, books have you written? You've, you've got Broken Chains. Are there other? Yes. Yes. I do have Broken Chains and it's a volume two of Broken Chains. Currently, I'm done with the cover of Chia Rose. Shea Rose is basically me arising from all of that and now being a CEO where I innovated and can sit in the comfort of my home and make shoes um, to empower and impact and inspire the lives of women when they wear these products. Men, when they wear these products, they feel beautiful, powerful, and they're ready to go out there and kill it. That's awesome. How can people reach you? How can people uh, connect with you? Where can they buy your books? So my books are on Amazon. Broken Chains is on Amazon by Khadijatu Grace Eheni. Saved by Grace is also on Amazon by Lady Khadijatu Grace Eheni. You can hit me up on Instagram at Khadijatu Grace, or you can actually go on my website to get any other product that you'd like at www.djustouchdesigns.com or you can go to my speaking engagement um, website, www.kadijatu.com. I will be asking you to send that to me so that I could put that in the episode. And so thank you so much for coming on. You have blessed our day and it's been an absolute joy listening to you. So thank you. I thank you as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.